This is episode number 34 of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and promote that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in the discussion by leaving a voice recording a message so that we can share together in the discussion. In this episode, it's me. I am talking about hashtag abuse talk and also why I did a daily tweet every single day over the festive period on hashtag why I stayed. But before we get started, I want to say a huge thank you as usual to our main sponsor in Rockpool and I wanted to let you all know that Rockpool have gifted me some copies of the Recovery Toolkit by Sue Penner. It's a 12-week plan to support your journey from domestic abuse. I have already set up a tweet with a giveaway opportunity to win two um, copies and I will be obviously posting some more. Um, I want to say thank you to Rockpool for providing those because I believe that this programme is invaluable. I went on it myself, I'm a part of the publication and I um, it changed my life. So I'll just give a snippet of um, the back so you get an idea. It says, have you left an abusive relationship? Are you still carrying guilt? Do you still think what happened to you was your fault? Do you find dealing with new people in your life something to be scared about? If you've answered yes to the above questions, you're not alone. Many people who leave an abusive relationship behind are affected by that former relationship in many different ways. Perhaps you feel guilty when making decisions on your own. You may worry about what motivates others to befriend you. Maybe your children are having to relearn who it is that's the adult in the room now that your ex-partner has gone from their lives. If this sounds all familiar, then the Recovery Toolkit is the book for you. Written in an easy and accessible style, the book will take you on a journey that is part discovery and part guide. And it obviously goes on to explain more. You can find out more about Rockpool, the book, and everything else that they do at rockpool.life. I also want to say a big thank you to Susan Rahima and Katrina here for supporting me on my Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Jen L Gilmore and there's a specific hashtag abuse talk tier that you can join in with. Um, The app is still in development mode for hashtag abuse talk and they have been able to see a bit of the behind the scenes work to that. Obviously with COVID we've had a delay but 2021 is the year it's going to be published. So if you want to see the um, process on what's going on check out patreon.com forward slash Jen L Gilmore. Now let's get into that interview. Well, not interview because it's me. Um, Let me get into that podcast for you because that's what you're waiting for. 
Hello everyone and happy new year. I hope you're all doing well and um, keeping safe. Obviously we've got the new lockdown restrictions here in the UK and it was almost like happy new year and by the way four days later when you're doing well with your diet and perhaps staying away from the alcohol we are finding ourselves breaking those New Year resolutions. However, I feel um, confident. Um, we've gone through it once before. We can do it again. Um, however, if you do feel at any point during this time that you need to reach out to somebody, please do reach out. Um, my name is Jennifer Gilmore. I'm actually the podcast host and I felt called to take over the podcast um, as it's been a while, in fact, since the beginning of producing these podcasts. Now, the reason why I've decided to take over is one, because I wanted to give you all an update on hashtag abuse talk and also um, about the sort of campaign that I was doing over the festive period on my personal Twitter account, which was hashtag why I stayed. So let me begin by thank you for, for listening. Um, for those of you who don't know about hashtag abuse talk, we started as a Twitter chat and every week um, on a Wednesday, 8 till 9pm UK time, we have a discussion on Twitter. You don't have to join in, you can observe and you can also skip a week if you feel it's um, perhaps maybe a tricky subject to talk about. But we don't just talk about domestic abuse and um, different subjects that fit into that um, big topic. We also have some socials. So if you were joining us over the festivities, we had a Christmas gift party. That's right. And we also had a New Year um, wrap up just because they fell just before um, the Twitter chat. If you've never joined in with a Twitter chat before, you simply go to the hashtag, which is obviously for us, hashtag abuse talk, and you can see the live feed, you can see the questions, and we all um, have a conversation. Obviously, ours is about domestic abuse, um, but there are so many available out there on Twitter by different hosts on different subjects, so you can find pretty much anything to talk about and you dedicate yourself an hour to that Twitter chat and make new connections and ours has become a really um, lovely community is what I would say. I see familiar faces there each week, some come and go and also um, new people which is lovely to see. And for me when I started hashtag abuse talk I originally felt quite isolated as somebody who has experienced domestic abuse and in particular coercive control and I wanted to connect with other people that had experienced the same as me because I felt there was maybe a lack of understanding or a feeling of alienation within services and I didn't really have um, the friends there that would really understand my thought process. And so I knew that if I connected with other people who would have experienced it, that I would in fact actually um, feel a lot better that somebody understands my thoughts. Um, 
you know, in the early days of my recovery, it was really quite difficult for me to um, get my new partner to understand, you know, why I might feel a certain way um, or why my mood might change quickly um, as I didn't have a control over my negative automatic thoughts. There is so much uh, that comes with that and I never expected this one little Twitter chat to become more of a bigger project. Obviously, you've probably seen it now has its own website, which came out um, last year, so 2020. Um, In lockdown, actually, I gave it its own home because it was sort of riding off my own website and it just didn't feel right. And on there is the forum as well. So if you ever felt uncomfortable talking on Twitter, you can register for a free profile on the forum, head over to there, create a thread. And we also have a solicitor who answers questions in her thread over there as well. So it has um, obviously changed since last year. And we obviously have this podcast So I actually really enjoy putting all of this together and I hope you do as well. For me, a big, another big part of my recovery, not just that companionship and understanding, um, was also education. Um, Educating myself on domestic abuse and also the perpetrator's behaviour also on the policies and the laws out there that may need changing and the restrictions that has on on us in what we can do. Um, So for me, uh, it was a really good thing for me to put the podcast together because it meant I could speak to those that work in the sector and bring questions to them as well so that I could further understand. So even though I feel that I'm bringing it um, for everybody to enjoy and take part in and access free of charge, it also has helped me during my time as somebody who's had that um, lived experience and wants to be uh, the best advocate (laughs) that I can be for women in abusive relationships. Right, so I've spoken a bit about hashtag abuse talk and I don't want to go on on about it too much because there is something that I wanted to share with you today and that was the hashtag why I stayed. Now, I don't know if you remember, but I actually interviewed a lady called Alison Baird um, uh, probably a couple of months ago now and she spoke about the reasons as to why she doesn't leave and she flipped it round and talked about why does um, he abuse? And we started listing all of the reasons as to why somebody wouldn't leave that relationship. And it really got me thinking. And I fell up, uh, upon a hashtag called hashtag why I stayed. I think it was when I was on Pinterest and I had a look through and couldn't really see anything um, linked because I think it was a hashtag that was built Um, back maybe 2016-2017 for the very same reason that I've used it for and it's obviously become inactive. So over the festive period I felt that I should share my own reasons as to why I stayed in that relationship and that was so that I could show the complexities 
as to somebody leaving an abusive relationship. It's really not that simple. So I just really wanted to open that kind of door so people could have that understanding. And it's been really lovely to see that other people have replied and joined in and shared and tweeted with their own as well. So it's obviously gone a little bit further, which is which again is something lovely to see. So what I thought would be a fantastic idea is for me to read out every single tweet that I've used um, on Twitter. Um, I posted 8am every single day over the festive period. It finishes this Friday, so we're still we're still going at the moment um, when this publishes, which is the 7th of January. So we've just got another day, but I tweeted every single day, 8am for hashtag why I steered. And these are my reasons as to why I steered. If you are listening, I'd love to hear yours. So here we go. I was on the other side of the country and away from family and friends. I didn't think I was strong enough to go it alone. I believed his every word. I knew he would never leave me alone. I was isolated and completely dependent on him. He threatened to tell the courts that I had bipolar and I'd never be able to have the kids. I was in debt and didn't have any money to help me get out. I didn't want to leave all my possessions behind, especially the sentimental things. He made me believe I was worthless. I couldn't do any better than him. I was exhausted and was scared. I wouldn't have the energy to fight to be believed. No services had helped me, so why would things change? I would have to do this all on my own. I was embarrassed and ashamed. I thought I'd never see my children again if I tried to leave. It wasn't just him. He had a big family willing to defend him and make things difficult for me. I wouldn't be able to manage as a single mum. That's what he said. I was diagnosed with Graves' disease and had a brain adenoma. My health was rubbish and I was worried for my future. I left uni and didn't qualify for the degree because of him. What hope did I have for any career? I had hardly any friends left. Because it felt there was no way out. And to be honest, so there, there, there they are wrapped up in a package I just simply went through them so you could listen Um, and I want to highlight a few of those um, you know just talk about some of them um, and raise them with you to give a bit more um, gravity to why I said them but that I could go on and I did think about carrying on especially because we're in lockdown Um, but I wanted to wrap it up so I could pop it in here in this podcast so let me go through um, some of them with you. Uh, obviously, I mentioned I was on the other side of the country. So just so you know, I was um, living in Chester and my family and friends um, were in Hull. I was actually at university for um, uh, when I met him and I ended up staying there for eight years. 
In that time, the abuse became so much that I wasn't able to attend my grandfather's funeral, my close auntie's funeral, and also one of my close cousin's weddings. And for me, that's probably one of the hardest things um, that I have gone through. Um, and I couldn't believe that, really. Looking back now... I, I do still think, why didn't I get out? But I know that it was worthing in all these different reasons. Um, but they're the things that I can't get back. So that was difficult. So I was over three and a half hours away from my hometown. So I was already isolated before I met him. Or oh, that's how I felt anyway. Um, the other thing um, I tweeted was the he threatened to tell the courts I'd bipolar and I'd never be able to have the kids. So I actually don't have bipolar. I haven't got any uh, mental health um, problems at the moment. Um, even if I did have bipolar, they wouldn't just um, take the kids away from me for that. There's obviously... Um, you know, depends on, on, on every person and there's uh, provisions there. But I really felt that having something like that and that threat meant that that was a risk. And so obviously that was one of those really big reasons as to why I stayed. I thought that was going to be the end of, of me seeing my children. And the only mental health problem that I have had has been um, anxiety and depression after coming out of that relationship. Um, it took me a long time to come off the medication and have talking therapies and recovery programs and, and other different things but I got there and you can get there, something I never thought would happen. Um, I, I mentioned I was in debt um, and didn't have any money to get me out of there I was also deprived of um, work so I was restricted in how I worked and in the end I ended up becoming self-employed because it was just easier and I felt like he couldn't argue with it. So I really facilitated in how he abused me because I felt that in my head I felt I was preventing but I was actually allowing him to abuse me further by changing my behaviour by changing what I was doing um, kind of enabled him but I didn't have so I was in this debt um, I didn't have a lump sum of money I had monthly payments and I wanted to share that actually I think it was about a couple of years ago I became debt free it took five to six years for me to get into that to get to that position alongside two inherent inheritances uh, ugh, inherent ugh, I can't say it inheritances so um it's really not easy to come out of a relationship when you have that debt and you, you know when you're coming for me I was coming out with children and with no home and no um a few of my possessions so I just thought how am I going to be able to afford this so I wanted to share that side and obviously all of the tweets that I put out during that time were simply a really glimmer a, like a, a glimpse into the bigger picture and I guess doing this gives me that platform to be able to share with you um, exactly what I mean by some of these tweets. So I'll, I'll continue with a couple but I won't keep you too long. However I, I do feel it's important and I'd love to hear what you know you think you know does this help or should it be given more in depth you know should 
should we be highlighting just the glimmers or should we give that depth to things um so do let me know um so the other things i wanted to mention was um one of the tweets was i was exhausted and was scared i wouldn't have the energy to fight to be believed now i tweeted that because i was exhausted um he actually woke me up in the night um he did lots of different things to deprive me of sleep so that was one of the reasons as to why I was exhausted and when I came out of that relationship I pretty much slept for nearly two weeks I was vomiting I felt you know sick to the stomach um my husband who was my friend at the time almost said it was like somebody coming off um off drugs like that this illness I had severe migraines and um it was a really difficult two weeks um and I guess really it is like coming off some kind of addiction because you depend on that person because you've been woven into that abuse so much and you no longer have it and you've got to think for yourself and make your the decisions you're you yourself and that's that's really really difficult to do so that's why i wanted to share that one um let me have a look at the other ones i wanted to um share um i mentioned that i was diagnosed with graves disease and had a brain adenoma so my health was already not very good and i was worried for my future um the Graves disease, um, there is no sort of medical um, reason for me to have Graves disease. But when I did look it up, it does say that if it's not inherited from your genetics, which none of my family have it, it can be caused from extreme stress. And I was diagnosed with this after my first child with him. And um, found also that I had a brain adenoma in my pituitary gland as well. Um, and I was clearly not very well. I did spend a lot of time being sick and changing my medication. And I guess I, w- I was really scared. But on the other side of it, so the other side of, of it now is I don't have a brain, brain adenoma. And I also have my Graves disease under control because I had my thyroid removed and even though I am dependent on medication for the rest of my life it is controlled and I can I can live a normal life so even though I look back at the reasons as to why I stayed there were answers and I mentioned negative automatic thoughts um, something I learned from doing the recovery program by Rockpool and I think a lot of that is woven in with those reasons you know I could never think about a possible a possible positive outcome to anything um so yeah I wanted to sort of mention that um so I'm 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 gonna go over one more and then I'm gonna close it because this one I still struggle with so I mentioned that I had left university. I didn't qualify for the degree, degree that I wanted um, because of him. And I had the chance to, I fell pregnant with my first child. I had a gap year. I had the chance to go back in a part-time um, sort of capacity for my final year. And he just wasn't going to um, allow that to happen. And that is probably one of the 
biggest regrets that I have because I've got two national diplomas that I don't really effectively use. One is in acting, believe it or not, and one is in the degree I wanted, which is in youth work um, because I had a real big passion for young people and still do. Um, I'm really gutted that I didn't get that degree and so much so that every time there is the graduation in Hull, which is where I am now, um, I really get upset. It's it's not an easy time for me because I have this feeling of why didn't I go and do that? I have contemplated looking at um, seeing if I could potentially do the last le- last year, but I have gone down obviously a different career route and maybe it's something linked to that career that I might do in the future or maybe it's something that I'm just gonna let go but it's certainly something that I envisioned for myself and to have um, behind me in my life is is that degree that I never got so I found that a real a really big struggle and obviously um, I put there what hope did I have for any career that is how I felt at that time but as time has gone on I feel really good in the position that I am now with self-employment and things have changed maybe it wasn't my idea but there is something different out there so they are my reasons as to why I stayed and I I'm really glad I shared them with you it helps me to share as well and if you wanted to find out more about hashtag why I stayed I have put it on my own website jennifergilmore.com it's in a blog post and I talk about what I was planning to do it might be that I write them all down and pop them in a blog post who knows Um, but uh, at least I voiced them on this platform so thank you for listening to me I guess because it is um, yeah it's it's not easy to talk about the reasons as to why you know you stay in that relationship but again I hope it's helped others to see that it's not just a simple it's not just a yes and no situation it is it's it's pulled down like an anchor you know you're you there's so much gravity to it that it is not it's not simple at all and those of you who've experienced it will know that um so I hope um this brings light to the complexities that is what I wanted to do in raising um hashtag why I stayed so thank you everyone I have opened my books to new podcast interviewees for this year. So if you would like to be on the hashtag Abuse Talk podcast, please get in touch with me. You can email me contact at jennifergilmore.com or you can head to the Abuse Talk website abusetalk.co.uk and fill out the contact form whether you're somebody who's um, lived in an abusive relationship and wants to share their story or whether you work in the sector and want to raise awareness of the job that you do please get in touch I'm looking forward to interviewing everybody you have been listening to Jennifer Gilmore author 
of Isolation Junction and Clips Wings. Both are available on Amazon or you can head directly to my website, jennifergilmore.com.